I want to pray for the country. Can I just pray for the country, please? Okay, uh, uh, would, you, would you bow with me in prayer? Father God, the 17th elections for Lok Sabha are, are around the corner. And you are the one we know is in control. Everybody else thinks they're in control, wants to be in control, desires control, abuses control, but you are the one who is really in control. In the name of Jesus, would you, we pray request, take control of every matter regarding the election this year. Put your people in place who will listen to your word. Constrain them to do your will. Constrain them to do what is right. When they move to the left or the right, just constrain them. You narrow their path. Make them do your will. Remember the widows. Remember the fatherless, oh God. You asked us to remember. I'm asking you, oh God. Would you make the church, make our government, make our business sectors, everyone involved, Lord, to serve the undertrodden, the underpass, oh God. Make them, make them serve the lost, the voiceless in our country. We claim to be a God-fearing country, but it doesn't show up in our care for people. Lord God, our very neighbors right around us are struggling without things, without life, without security, without law and legal support. Oh God, wake us up out of our apathy and get us to see what you have in store for us. Pray for the elections, oh God. Pray that you would put the right candidates in the right places. I pray that you would bind their hands from doing anything evil. I pray that others will not attack those who really want to do what's right. I pray that you would put people in power and give them seats of authority that will be fearful of you and recognize outcomes and consequences to wrong behavior and wrong use of power. Lord God, we are trusting you with our country. We are trusting you with these elections. I pray that every voter would go out to vote. I pray that the weather would be good on that day so that no, nothing would dissuade them from voting. I pray that they would know their manifesto and the clear guidelines and, 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 and claims of each party and we would vote thoughtfully and con with, with conviction. Oh God, I pray that your hand would be very evidently seen in the upcoming elections. Some of our people who are in the government, IAS, all over the place, Lord, Lord, make them voices for the truth, voices for those who are not spoken for. We are called to be the church, which means we are called to be your hands and feet and voice for those who are not spoken for. Lord God, make our faith a works faith. Make our faith a works faith, that by our works you could see that we have faith, as James says. Oh God, make us a church that makes a difference to the city. Otherwise, shut us down. We're wasting your time. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Turn in your Bibles to Jonah. If you can't find it, it is two pages. So look for it like a scholar. Go straight to the index. Look for the page number. Uh, and in my Bible, it's page number 775. Not a lot of help that is, is it? So keep looking. By the end of the message, you will definitely find it. Jonah. Jonah is a very interesting book, and I, I want to speak shorter today, but I say that in faith. <laughs> because if the Spirit of God leads, then we're going to be here forever. But uh, Jonah, I want to take the 10th verse of chapter 2 and 5 verses of chapter 3. Everybody with me? You got a Bible? On your phone, real Bible, on the screen, wherever it is. Okay. So Jonah prays 
to the, uh, to the Lord. Jonah is a prophet from the Old Testament. For those of you who are just joining us, we are in the book of Jonah, just studying through the human emotions and struggles that Jonah had in obeying God. We've entitled this series, Unfair Grace, because Jonah had to come to terms with the, with the grace of God and he didn't like it. He didn't like it. You're going to... In fact, the story of Jonah is over as far as we have studied in, in Sunday school. The fish came, Jonah went in, Jonah came out dry as a bone, yay. That's all we've studied. But the real action starts now. The real thing happens now. Now is where we get into the, 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 the struggles that Jonah had. He had struggles with his comfort. He had struggles with his anger. He had struggles with the grace of God. He had struggles with the meta-narrative of what God was doing. And that's what I want us to get into uh, over the next two or three Sundays. I'm going to be speaking to you next Sunday. And the following Sunday, we want to focus on peace. And then I'll wrap it up uh, early, uh, early April. Okay. So in chapter 2, you've got that beautiful song, which is actually his prayer, which he wrote when he came out of the fish. And then you've got that last line or that last verse, verse 10, where God, in response to this, is able to get on with the work. He said, okay, fine, let's get on with the work. He says, now the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah out of them out onto dry land. Let's stop there. The Lord spoke to the fish. I, what? The Lord spoke to the God, what are you doing talking to fish? Have you stopped to think about that? I think our brain shuts off when we come to church. We're, we're all scientists and researchers and philosophers and everything outside church. When you come to church, God spoke to a fish. Come on. Think. Think. Because God makes more sense than you do any day. Okay? So what happened there? God spoke to a fish. No, God didn't talk to it. Fish. <laughs> Dear fish. Would you please? Pretty please. No, God didn't speak. The fish is part of God's creation. And God doesn't have to verbally speak to the fish. When it says God spoke to the fish, God spoke to the worm, God spoke to the seas, God spoke to God arranged a, a, a storm, whatever he did, what he's basically saying is God in alignment with his creation, his creation in alignment with God exists for his purposes. I'm going to say it again, listen carefully. Everything that God created, God created for a purpose and they exist for those purposes. They don't have a free will. The fish definitely does not have a free will. Can't think, can't do anything. But it was created. And since it was created for that purpose, it behaves and acts for that purpose. So when God says, do what I tell you to do, God has to just think it and it's done. The seas, tempestuous, calm, done. Everything but man is in sync and alignment with the will and purposes of God. But man has been given a free will so that out of your free will and in the context of a relationship, you may choose to live your life for the purposes of God. Are you with me? You may choose. The fish didn't have a choice. The seas don't have a choice. The worm doesn't have a choice. We'll get that in chapter 3, chapter 4. But you and I have a choice. And the choice is to live for the purposes of God or not live for the purposes of God. I can run to Tarshish or I can get up and go to Nineveh. What am I going to do? And the question is, do the purposes of God guide your life? Or do you do whatever you want to do and you give a little bit of you know, penance to God so that you know, he kind of feels like you feel sorry for his purposes. And the Lord spoke to the fish. And what did the fish do? Argued? No. Thought about it? No. Took him three seconds, brought him to the shore, vomited him on dry land. 
spew them out, spit them out on dry land. That's the fish for you. Then, and it actually says then, because that's the first word of chapter 3. Then. And then, the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. What a beautiful statement. What an incredible statement. Then, the word of the Lord. When? Then. When he had done that, and God was ready to start over again. Second round. Second chance. God was ready. No, you're not getting this. You're not getting Jonah, you finished? Are you done? Are you done with all your pity party? Are you done with running? Are you done with your little life and your games? Are you done with your emotions, your relationships, and your fantasies, and your, pers your pursuits? Are you done? If you're done now, can we please get down to business? That's basically what's happening between chapter 2 and chapter 3. God's dealing with this man. But what gets me, grips my heart, brings me to tears, is this, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah. What did I tell you in chapter 1? Whenever that statement comes, the word of the Lord comes to Micah. The word of the Lord came to Hosea. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. The word of the Lord came to, yeah, that means that's God's man. And his word, his revelation, it's not just a word came. The revelation of what I want you to tell the people has come. I'm going to tell you. Which means the relationship of God and his prophet was intact. Are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening? God never questioned that relationship. That relationship was intact. Jonah ran. Jonah lied. Jonah went in the wrong direction. Jonah was a wuss. Jonah gave in, Jonah disobeyed, but God didn't change the relationship. When you say the word of the Lord came to Jonah, it means, Jonah, you can run, buddy. I will step into fourth gear. I will overtake you in the sea, but you will be my prophet. If I've chosen you to be my son, you're going to be my son. If I've chosen you to be my prophet, you're going to be my prophet. I'm not done with you. I'll give you a second chance. I will give you a second chance. I'll give you a third chance. I'll give you a fourth chance. But you're not going anywhere. I'm not done with you. Are you hearing God's voice right now? Are you hearing God's voice right now? Because some of you people think. Because you ran. Because you did something wrong. Because your lifestyle was unacceptable. Because you've made some bad choices. That God has changed the status of your relationship on his Facebook. Ex-prophet. <laughs> Non-prophet. You, you're laughing, but you believe it. You act like it. You act like because your life has been in a certain way, or you've done a certain number of things, or you're in a relationship, or something that you know was running. You know it was running. You think God has changed the status of a relationship, but God hasn't. And the word of the Lord came to Jonah again for the second time. Oh, the grace of God. Oh, the love of God. The, the willingness of a father to just give his son a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance. Why? Why does God not want to give up on you? Because you are his and he doesn't give up on his own. Period. He doesn't give up on his own. Not because you're special. Some of us are very special. But because you are his. I will never give up on my son. Because he's mine and he carries my name. 
He could rub that name in the dirt, but I will not give up on him. Do you hear me? You are God's child. You are his own. You are bought by his blood. You belong to him and he loves you regardless. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah. That means he's still a prophet. Jonah realizes, ooh, I haven't lost the anointing yet. I'm still the prophet. So he says, okay, what do you want? And the second time, the second, uh, God, he's a God of second chances. What does he say? What does he say? Arise. Oh, heard that one before. <laughs> Arise. Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city. Notice, notice the prophet changed, but the commission didn't change. The work is still the same. God's not going to change his, his, his job description because you screwed up the last job. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that great? Because if you were working with me, if you were working with me and you messed up the previous job, then I will give you a second chance. But down there in the, you know, you start all over again. You be down there, you know, let's see whether you can figure this out. I'm going to give you a second chance, but I'm going to make sure and remind you every day it's a second chance. Sound familiar? Yeah? God doesn't do that. It's the same he was basically sending him as an ambassador. You get that, right? He was going as an ambassador. He didn't send him as a pun to the next embassy. He sent him as an ambassador. He says, you were my ambassador and you will continue to be my ambassador. You get your act together. So God doesn't change the job. God changes the man. God doesn't change the job. God changes a man. And God gets ridiculous. He goes nuts. Like fish. Fish. He didn't just get two of the soldiers to go beat him up and say, get, get some pains into this fellow. He could have done that. That's how I would have done. But he chooses a fish, buries this guy in, you know, in subconsciousness, you know, gives him a hard time, takes him to a dark place and says, you done? Are you done whining? You finished with your little game? Can we get down to work now? And I'm, I, I might be kidding around, I might be a little light on this, but there's a heavy part of this. There's a heavy part of what God wants Jonah to get his act together for. Why he is working with Jonah, why he wants Jonah to get out there, and you'll see that in just a bit. So the program doesn't change, the commission doesn't change. He says, arise and go to the city and call out against them. What does he want him to do? Get up and go. Whenever he uses the word arise and go, he could have just said go, but he says arise and go, because every time God gives you something, you have to pull your roots out. You have to pull your uh, roots out, out of your comfort zone. You've got to get out of where you're at. Whatever you've become comfortable with, or whoever you've become comfortable being, you've got to get out of that, because God's work for you will never be about you, about your life, about your comfort. Arise! Arise! He arose last time to run. This time he says, arise and go to Nineveh, that great city. But he says the same thing as he said the last time with a slight twist. This time he says, arise, go to that great city, Nineveh, and call out against them a message that I will tell you. Hi, hi. A message that I will tell you. That means he's not a Bollywood star. He's not the star of the show where you give him the script. Parlo. If you like it, if you want any changes, if you agree to it, then you can accept the role. Naiji, he gives him the command and says, when you get to Patiala, 
And when you obey me and you have taken your first step, listen carefully, this is going to hurt. When you have taken your first step, I'll give you instructions for step number two. And most of us don't know instructions for step number two because we haven't obeyed step number one. We have not moved past the first step. We have not. Take discipleship, for instance. Believe and be baptized. No, you don't want to be baptized. Take discipleship, for instance. He says, go into all the world and make disciples. No, we don't want to make disciples. We want to do everything else, but we don't want to do the first things. The first things that God does for us. As soon as you get your salary, separate your tithe. No, that's not the first thing I'm going to do. You don't do the first step. You never hear after that. You never get past step number one. And many, many believers, so-called believers, so-called lovers of God, children of God, are stuck at step number one. And God is not going to play games with you where he says, okay, 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 okay. I'll tell you, this ends well. Nineveh turns. It's going to be good. You'll be a hero at the end. We'll celebrate. I'll give you a medal. Come on, do it. Come on, Jonah, do it. No, 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 no. God will send a fish. God will move you to heaven and earth. He'll even get you back. And even after a moving prayer of all of chapter 2, God's not going to be stroked with his ego and say, oh, so sweet, that was such a lovely song he sang for me. Let me tell him. No, he's not going to do that. He's going to give you step number one and wait. You get to Patiala. And then I will give you instruction number two. For the Lord said, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, okay? And what? Call out against the, uh, it in the message that I will tell you. Oh, Jonah, you got to do this step first. And then, so Jonah arose. And all the angels said, finally. Finally. Angels, they said that. It's not written there, but I'm telling you. You know why I know that? Because angels are more eager to do God's bidding than we seem to be. Okay? Some angel in the back there is going, me, 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 me. I want to go, I want to go, please, me, me. Don't me, me, I just, just, me, me, me. But God is like, no. And I want you to hear the heart of this. If God's given you a task, he's given you a face, he's given you a position, he's given you wealth, he's given you influence, if he's given you what he's given you, he's not going to quit on you. He's going to continue to give you that. And he's going to keep that, keep you that way until the job is done. So if it takes a fish, if it takes a worm, if it takes a plant, if it, until the job is done, God's going to... Why? Because God's more focused on his task than you are. God is focused on his task. And his task is Nineveh must be saved. The only thing that was delaying God and his task was Jonah and his disobedience. Are you with me? God is just so gracious in second chances, and he does not give up. So Jonah arose, and the angels said, Amen. And he went to Nineveh, underline this phrase, according to the word of the Lord. According to the word of the Lord. Oh, you're not seeing the depth of that statement. According to the word. Finally, Jonah did something in accordance with the word of the Lord. Whenever you come to church, or you think of Christianity, Christianity. Whenever you think of the faith, whenever you think of spiritual life, you're always thinking, am I in line with God's word in do, not doing what he told me not to do? Isn't that true? Isn't that true? We're always thinking, am I doing anything wrong? Today I want to challenge you and ask you the question, are you doing what's right? What are you doing right, right now? 
What can you say to me confidently? Pastor Jerry, this is what God asked me to do, and I'm doing it. We would have a long conversation if I asked you, is there anything in your life that you're not supposed to do? Are you doing what you're not supposed to do? And they'll be like, yes, 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 yes. But that's not what God's focus is. God's focus is in accordance with his word. You're saying you love Jesus. Are you doing what he asked you to do? You're saying you're following after his footsteps. Are you doing what he asked you to do? You're saying you're walking in his ways in accordance with his word. Are you doing what he's asking you? Then you should know what is the command you're currently obeying. Okay? Ask an army guy when he's on mission and when he's, on com when he's commissioned to go on something. He knows what the task is. And he can tell you whether he's doing it or whether he's not doing it. God wants you on task with him. You're getting sleepy. Let me, let me wrap this up. Okay? I feel for you. I feel for you. All right. So let's, let's, let's speed up this thing. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh. Thank you, Jonah. Bought my money. According to the word of the Lord. Now, the word now says that he's moving, sh shifting uh, his focus. The cameras are now shifted from Jonah to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was an exceedingly great city. Three days journey in breadth. No, it wasn't. Nineveh was only two kilometers apart. Okay, you start here and finished. If you walked right across, it would take you two, 20 minutes to walk across two kilometers. It was only two kilometers apart. But Jonah wasn't walking across. He was preaching. And it took him three days, and not 24-hour days, but the whole working day, because you don't want to be preaching at three in the morning. That's going to pick up some enemies. <laughs> through the working day, through the working day, through the working day. He worked through three days to preach in the entire city of Nineveh. Two kilometers apart, three days to preach. Here's what happened. Now, Nineveh was an exceedingly great city. Three days journey in breadth. Jonah began to go. You see that? He began to go into the city. He started working his way from a mall to the street shops, street sides, all the way through and through the colony areas. He preached and preached and he called out. And there's the message that we didn't know was coming. Here's the exact message. Somewhere when, between the Uber ride between their Tarshish and back to Nineveh, God gave him step number two. 40 days you have to turn around, otherwise judgment is coming. 40 days. And that was Jonah's message. He preached that. I want you to look at this. One line message, one line answer. Look at this. Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That's it. And verse 5 says, and the people of Nineveh believed God. Boom. Full stop. That's it. What? What? If only ministry was that easy. I've been working for 27 years. He just went and he preached one statement. No illustrations, no jokes, no Austin with the worship team behind him, no air conditioning, no Twitter, no Instagram, no push, 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 please come, please come, please come to men's fellowship, please come to 201 class, please, God loves you, please come, please love God back. One sentence, and the next sentence is, and the people believed Jonah. And the people believed Jonah. God. See, when you take a message from God, they will know it's from God. So get out of the way. 
Stop thinking it's about you. I will convince you. I will tell you. How am I going to explain? They won't believe. Who have you decided is not going to believe? Who have you decided is not going to listen to God? If the message is from God, they will believe God. If the message is from God, say it with me. They will believe God. It's not about you. It's not about you. And God sitting on his throne is like, finally. <laughs> finally. Because God knew they were going to turn. And there is somebody in your life. There are some buddies in your life that God knows wants to turn. But you're busy doing chapter 2. And some of us never go from chapter 2 to chapter 3. Come on people, not in covenant life. Covenant life, we are chapter 3 people. We're also not chapter 4 people. But we are chapter 3 people. And the Lord said unto Jonah, and he arose, and he went to Nineveh, and he preached one statement. See, God wants to do something through you. So when he is done, it would have been something he did. No, the lights didn't come on. God, God I, see, I know when the lights come on. God wants to do something through you. And when he's done, it will be something he did. So the work that God has called you to do is what he is going to do through you. And God has called you for your whole life, that your whole life be on work for him. That means whatever is in your life will be the product of what God does through you. And God always succeeds. You want your life to be a success? Make it about what God is doing through you. You want your life to be a success? When God prompts you and say, go to Nineveh, just go. Just go. Because people are not going to believe you anyway. They're going to believe God. I mean, that's what Jonah said, right? In his thing, as he was twittering over there, he says, even if I go, nobody's ever going to believe me. And the angels are like, yeah, they're not going to believe you. But they'll believe God. So shut up and go. You don't believe me, it's there. You just... Is everybody with me? God is a God of second chances, but how many second chances do you need before you will get the fact that God is focused on what he's going to do? And here's the bad news. God's going to use you anyway. God's going to use you anyway. You could take chapter 1, you can take chapter 2, you can, chapter 2 can be 25 long verses, but he's still going to use you. Say hallelujah. Jabarusti, say hallelujah. Because God has decided to use you. He's written your name on the palm of his hand, scripture says. He has decided before the foundations of the earth, he called you by name. And in his life, he, in your life, he scripted your background, your color, your skin tone. He scripted your, your, your experiences. And whatever has happened in your life, however bad or good or whatever, he's going to use it and he's going to make a blessing out of you. He's just waiting for you to get out of the fish. And the Lord said to Jonah, go. Jonah went. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast, put on a sackcloth. That means they repented. They took off their, you know, Gucci and Gap and Forever 21. And H&M. They took all of that off because it stopped being about them and it had to be about God. So they put on sackcloth and ashes 
in order to repent of their wicked ways. And that was immediate, immediate. Now, of course, this is in one statement. And then as we go forward, we're going to go back in a flashback and unpack that next week. But that's what happened. God will not give up on you. God will not give up on you. God will not give up on you. God will send a fish if he has to, but he will not give up on you. What God has called you to, which is primarily a relationship, is unthreatened, unthreatened, unthreatened by your failure. Are you hearing me? Is your heart hearing me? You cannot threaten God's call on your life. You cannot dissuade God. His calling is without revoke. His gifts and callings are withdrawn. He will not change his mind. He loves you. He has loved you. And he's going to use you. But how long will the delay be before you realize that God's focus is also not changed? He's after Nineveh and he wants you to come with him. What is your task and what is your Nineveh? What is your task and what is your Nineveh? I'm not putting you in Jonah's story. I'm putting Jonah's story in you. And I'm asking you to ask yourself, what is your fish experience? Where are you running? What do you think? Who do you think will not believe your message? Answer is, they won't. But they will believe God. Please respond to God. Bow your heads. Be quiet for 60 seconds. Okay, fine. 30 seconds. Be quiet. Just enjoy the presence of God. You won't get this the entire week. Just be quiet. Say, Lord, where? Where am I supposed to be going? What am I running from? Is my life about me or is it about you? Are you frustrated with me like you were with Jonah? Am I stuck on step number one? Are you not been speaking to me because I haven't done step number one? Lord, have I missed something? Oh God, thank you that I know for sure in my heart you will never change your course, your focus, and your love for me. So God, I want to be on board. I want to be on board. I want to be like Jonah. I want to get up. I want to rise. I want to go at any cost for anything. Show me where. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.